Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? This week, we are talking about our willingness to fail forward by getting over the word no. Check it out. You love to learn, grow, and improve yourself, but you're still not where you want to be? The right mastermind can be the ultimate secret weapon when it comes to personal development, but trying to find the one that's built for you isn't always easy. Welcome to the Mastermind Effect, the one and only show that focuses on helping you cut through the noise, invest in yourself, and move past your natural limits. This is everything you need to know about masterminds, brought to you by your host, Brandon Straza. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show where you know I believe the only way to unlock your potential is to tap into the experience of others. And today it's the solo show, you, me, the mic, and the amazing experience of these entrepreneurs we've interviewed to date, and the last several decades of my own successes and failures through my own experiences. And the solo shows are based on the foundation of what we call the pillars of success. And there are three that we talk about in these episodes. Number one, making sure you're hanging out with the right people. Number two, the willingness to invest in yourself. And number three, taking action through massive experimentation. And it got me thinking that most people aren't willing to fail forward because of their fear of the word no. And I'll give you my own personal experience. Over 10 years ago, before I started my first company, I had met my wife. And when we met, I was constantly talking to her about my hopes, my dreams, my aspirations, all these things that I could build and become, but I wasn't doing anything with it. And eventually that wore on her and rightfully so because I was talk, 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 but not willing to take action through experimentation. And she told me, she says, I listen, I love you. I believe in you. But if you're not willing to fail and fail forward because you're afraid of the word no and the rejection, then you need to be okay with the circumstances and the situation that you're currently in, which was working in corporate America. Now, that was the nudge, the push that I needed for my own entrepreneurial journey, and that'll be different for everyone. But I realized that the word that had driven me for so long that you can't do this in the word no was holding me back, and that was just inside my own head. So I think we need to sit there and say, why is it that most people aren't willing to fail forward and survive by getting over the word no? So first and foremost, You need to be willing to get over the word no. And you need to be okay with hearing the word no. And what do I mean by that? Well, if everyone had the best sales pitch, the best idea, we'd literally get nowhere because everyone would be saying yes to you, saying yes to everyone. And there would be no competition. There would be no grit and grind at working away at something. So when you hear the word no, you need to look and understand the audience that you're talking to, the pitch that you're giving. So are you trying to sell them? Are they a customer, a prospect, or a suspect that you're trying to sell? Are you pitching them for venture capital to get your idea off the ground? Or are you just running an idea by someone to see what they come back with? So you need to know your audience and why you're talking to them to know the different no's that you might encounter in those individuals, because each no means a different thing in who you're pitching, who you're selling, and who you're surrounding yourself with. So be okay with hearing a no from different people. Next, when you're pitching someone, when you're selling someone your idea or whatever it is that you're offering, are you stuck in your own idea? And by that, I know I get there where I'm talking to someone about something, but I'm speaking to them in my lingo as if they're actually sitting up in my head and they know five steps ahead in the conversation of what I'm talking about. And that can get us into a super quick no because we've already talked past that individual. So again, it comes back to knowing your audience 
and what they're actually looking for. So when you get that no, you're able to refine your talk path and you're able to repurpose what you're talking about to the audience that you're actually speaking to. So remember, you got to be willing to hear the word no. No is just another way to help you refine the pitch that you're giving or the sale that you're giving or the offer that you're giving. You should always want to become a master of your craft. And hearing the word no is a great way to get there. Don't take that one to 100 people telling you no as a personal attack. Listen and find out why. Ask them why they said no and learn from that and refine that. Ask them questions. If they're willing to listen to you up front and then still tell you no, they're probably going to be willing to sit there and say, hey, this is why this isn't for me. This is what rubbed me the wrong way. Or, hey, I don't understand a thing of what you're talking about. So listen, ask questions, and then ask why they said no at the end of the day. And that'll help you get over that fear of the word no. Okay, number two, learn your no's. There's really several different kind of no's out there. You've got your generic no, you've got your maybe no, and then you've got your hard no. So let's talk about the generic no. Is it just wrong time, wrong place, wrong person? They're just telling you no because they're not in the right headspace. It's not the right time for them. So you know you can check that off. You can possibly come back to them later. Number two, is it a maybe no? Like, hey, you didn't give me the details inside of my time frame to get to where you were going, so we might need to round back. So these first two no's, they're not too bad, but you need to know the difference between the two so you know what your follow-up plan's gonna be in regards to tackling those no's. And then lastly, is it a hard no? Knowing the type of no will help you in your follow-up because the reality is most people quit at their first no. I've heard all sorts of stats that it takes five to eight no's or more before getting a yes. The reality is you need to back into your own stats and create your own formula to know how many no's you get before you're going to get that yes. I think they say about 44% of salespeople give up after the first follow-up. So here's the good news. The people getting the no's, the people not doing the follow-ups, that makes your life so much easier, your chance of success so much greater Because if you just continue to follow up and you continue to refine how you're explaining, how you're offering, what your value, what problem you're solving is, you're going to be ahead of the game because the majority of the public just stops after one no. So the last one comes from a friend and mentor of mine by the name of Steve Sims, who was on a previous episode. Check him out at stevedsims.com. And he sits there and he says, If you get a no, you're either asking the wrong question or the wrong person. And he follows that up with, there are multiple ways to get into the house. It doesn't always have to be through the front door. So what does that really mean? Is it your approach? Is it your question? Is it your placement and how you're going about it? If you're wanting to get to the decision maker, but you've got the gatekeeper right there telling you no... Are you asking the wrong person or are you asking them the wrong question and what you want to offer and what you want to solve for them? So first find out how you're asking it, who you're asking to. Is it the person that you're bringing the value? The gatekeeper might not have the same wants and needs that the actual decision maker has. So you need to refine your question here in the beginning to get through that gatekeeper 
and get past those objections of the word no because they're trained to block and tackle to make sure that decision maker doesn't have to deal with people that they don't want to deal with. So figure out what are the right questions, who is the right person that you need to work with and solve their problem to get to the person that can actually make the decision that you actually want to work with. And that last part that he filled in there, which is there are multiple ways to get into the house, doesn't always have to be through the front door. Another friend of mine who runs Thursday Night Boardroom and is on a future episode of The Mastermind Effect, Jeff Moore, talks about when he had an offer, he wouldn't go to the actual person that he was wanting to work with to impress them. He would work with their assistant, one of their team members, give them something of value that they found of importance. And by doing that, they would actually go to the decision maker, the person that Jeff was actually wanting to work with. And actually tell them, look at this great thing and what just happened, what I just got, opening up the doors for that decision maker to actually sit there and be like, hey, they pick up the phone and they make that call. And that's just another way of getting around the gatekeeper to get to the decision maker. These are my thoughts, and I'd love to hear yours as well. Hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you're using, and feel free to reach out to me at brandon at thesuccessfinder.com. Thank you for listening to The Mastermind Effect, your secret weapon for personal development. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to experiencing The Mastermind Effect.